Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Morning, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Jesus and Paula Show, formerly the Paula Price Show, formerly, 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 <laughs> everything that it has been formerly. Welcome to today's episode. I, I have no idea where we're going. You know how this is. I'm Apostle Ashley. I have been rolling with Dr. Price for 20 years, and I tell you what, this is a journey, as we say, the gift that keeps on giving. When you are with a genuine apostle, things never get stale, they never get old. Even if you stay on a particular theme or a vein of an idea or a message or whatever God has for you to lay out, when I'm reflecting on the last couple of years, we started with pedigree, we started with scripturally organic, culturally unmodified, I mean, and it has been unfolding and unfolding and unfolding to get us to the point of what? The apocalyptic elect. How apostolic to be apocalyptic. And let me tell you what, if you can't speak properly, you will be tongue-tied all over the place between saying apocalyptic and apostolic. <laughs> you should hear some of the things trying to pray. Apostolic, yes, Lord. And as God is unveiling this thing and unrolling it, you want to make sure that you get plugged in. This is almost this month. November 18th through the 21st, right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, we're having our, I believe it is our 20th annual Apostolic Summit. 20 years. Because the first one was in 2000. And the first one was actually not in Tulsa, and all of the rest were in Tulsa. And over the years, we've gone through some intense warfare, as anybody does who is a trailblazer. And no matter what you are trailblazing, it is intense, it's going to be costly, and there are going to be people who come along with really just giving wisdom that's obvious to them that you should stop, that you should quit. I can't imagine, I'm trying to think about how many times, specifically concerning the Apostolic Summit, people have said, first of all, change it to leadership. Don't say apostolic. Say leadership. Make it a leadership thing because it's for leaders. Dr. Price said, no, it's for apostles who are leaders, <laughs> not leaders who might be anything. Now, of course, the whole fivefold is welcome at this event because, hey, if whatever headship you have over you, you need to understand it. And so if you are not an apostle, you would still do well. There's no audio. People are saying no audio. Can you hear me now? Let's see. Can you hear me now? There's sound. Is there sound now? Are we sounding? Please let me know. There's still things. Hold on. But there's a little bit of delay. Yeah, okay. It is coming through. The, let's see. There's just a slight delay. It is. Okay, very good. We fixed it. I'm coming through. Just hold tight. Okay. Wonderful. Now let me go back and say everything I just said. <laughs> Man, 
bread, and that was juicy too. <laughs> okay, so um, I was saying something like, when you're rolling with an apostle, things never get old. And now I'm seasoned. <laughs> and because of it, you want to stick with it. So apostles are trailblazers. And this year marks the 20th annual Apostolic Summit, is what I was saying. I'm going to say it again with the same passion and same heart and same desire that I said it the first time. <laughs> and over the years, Dr. Price had been counseled to not have the summit. Oh, you know, there's always warfare around it. Well, you should change it to leadership. Have it be a leadership summit, not an apostolic summit, because apostolic scares people. And, of course, 20 years ago, apostolic did scare people. And then... And she said, no, 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 we're going to do it. We're not going to change. I'm going to stick with what God told me. Let me tell you something. If God has given you an assignment, the hardest thing I think that anybody does in fulfilling that is doing it the way he said to do it no matter what. This is, we can go all the way back to Moses. Moses and Joshua, when he was passing the torch to his successor, the word of the Lord to him was, do it the way I gave it to Moses to do it. And Moses had to do it the way the Lord gave him to do it, which is why when he went off course and got in that flesh, it cost him everything. And so years after year after year after year, I mean, so of course it has grown into what it is now. But if she had quit, I mean, there were times when we weren't hardly existing. We're going to do this event. Through tears, through dancing, it was going to happen. So this November 18th through the 21st is our 20th annual Apostolic Summit. And, and, somebody say, and, and, it will be in our new location, the property that we are purchasing. And so it will not be. Now, the sleeping room block is still at the Warren Place Double Tree Hotel. If you are coming, you need to know if you're flying in town that the, the Double Tree Hotel, like many hotels, their staff is down to the skeleton crew still. And so they are not shuttling from the airport to the hotel. So your Uber, so many of these people come in this hotel, have friends here, friend pick you up, and then getting back and forth to the event location, which is a couple of miles, handful of miles from the hotel. It is not that far at all. You're not even going to have to jump on a highway to get there unless you really, really, really want to get on the highway to go the wrong way. <laughs> the summit is coming up, and Dr. Price has laid it out for us. You do not want to miss it. Our overall theme for the summit, the near summit, is where we are, what we face, taking the lead. Where are we, what are we facing, and how can we take the lead? You can see that theme actually show up in everything that we do. Somewhere we are taking responsibility for the future, responsibility for the present, the responsibility of changing and becoming the thought leader. Dr. Price is certainly considered a thought leader because she is leading the pack in thinking, and we thank you for thinking. I wish I had some sound effects right now. Applause, because <laughs> we would say, early bell permission. Yes. Oh, it's going to be a great show. It's going to be a great show. I promise that. No. <laughs> she let me ring the bell early. Holly, holly, holly. So you want to, yes, you need to say we are ready for this year's summit. Some of the other subjects are uh, Apostle Howard Hatcher is going to be our banquet speaker for our King's Ball Dignitary Dinner. We have merged two events into one. 
because we're not going to let COVID keep us down from celebrating our King Jesus. So we are coming with our ball gowns, our pretty gowns. Bring your, your tightest, not tight, like as in physically tight. <laughs> let me be real clear. I'm talking about just the colloquial, like bring your best thread, okay, not your tight ones, and, and roll it out. You might need to bring that extra piece of luggage for that gown if you have a gown, a suit if you have a suit. But we're coming out. If you don't have the, those kind of threads, you're coming anyway. Somebody tried to tell me they think they would be coming to the dinner because they don't have that type of attire and probably wouldn't be able to get their hands on it before the event. You're coming anyway. You're showing up. And so Apostle Howard Hatcher is speaking on reforming the black consciousness concerning law enforcement and why it is vital today. Why is it vital today? That's what we need to know. Apostle Stephen Holt speaking on restoring the dignity of the black race for world politics. Janice is speaking on setting the, let me see, setting the record straight for black America, because we know. You tuned in last week, that is what she is doing, is setting the record straight. I'm teaching on apostling this generation for church recovery. Yes, Lord. I want to thank Dr. Price for keeping me right in my lane. Right there. <laughs> I'm going to say right here. Something about the future is the church. Yes, thank you. Bless you. And then Dr. Price is speaking on it's time to take our seats and occupy our stations in God. Come on through. We're coming all the way through with these subject matters uh, in accordance with, in general, where we are, what we face, taking the lead. And so stay tuned for updates on just specific things. You're going to see some individual flyers going out about Thursday night. Uh, so Wednesday night is the King's Ball Dignitary Dinner. Thursday night is Dr. Price's State of the Kingdom Address. This is open to the community. So if you're in the Tulsa area, surrounding areas, you have people driving from Arkansas. I mean, they come in for, for this, even for just the evening session. If they can't take off of work, if, listen, if you just came back to your job, <laughs> and you're like, I can't leave my job because I just came back, <laughs> you can come in the evening. So Thursday night is open to the community. We want you to bring your people, your groups, your congregations, so we can hear. Now, this will be post-election. So State of the Kingdom will be solidified. But then as far as what we're doing moving forward, I'm sure Dr. Price will address on some level. And then Friday evening is a worship concert where we have several groups and peoples coming together. We will be there, the Near Global Worship Team, First Roots of Praise, Tony Mason, our dance team, and we're pulling in a few more people as well to join us. Also open to the community so we can come and worship and fall out together. Bless him at his feet. And at the end of this event, I think that's all we're going to be good for anyway, is praising God. Talk about hallelujah. And I'm out. <laughs> so how was the worship like? I don't know. I was on the carpet the whole time. I heard some singing, and then I saw angels, and then I was out. <laughs> and we're super, super, super excited. We did a walkthrough of the facility getting everything set up in this new location. It is a blessed piece of property. This building is blessed. The land is blessed. The, the, the ministry that is there is blessed, and they are blessing us. I'm like, come all through, all the way through. And uh, at some point, we'll have a tour where we'll be able to walk through it, our members and the council and the investors and the people who are getting behind us, and the monies are coming in. 
Somebody hit me up the day before the show, telling me I got another thousand dollars. I said, "Well, come on through." All right, so just bring your thousands. Don't stop at one. Don't stop at five. I mean, Sunday we rolled in some money, and just talking about it, we brought it in, and and you can tell when God is in it because it moves. It moves, and and uh, not the same as God is in it. You need to go through this trial to learn your lesson. <laughs> Because he's in there, too. We can't have misleading statements around here. But when he is in your breakthrough, and it's not just you wanting to break through, but it's him pushing you. I promise you, we weren't trying to push ourselves into this. Bless him. There's a witness to, to my right called the Chief Apostle Witness. Because they share they both that we were not uh, trying to do that. <laughs> Denise Howard Baker, out with the ugly cry. That's right. And it works. <laughs> And we will have an apostle song. I heard from 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 the the, the writer of Prophets in the House. Come on, there is an apostle song coming. It's all the band is already working on it. I said yes because I was like, hey, 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 we need a song. Now, I know you just pulled that one literally out of thin air in June. You weren't trying to have a prophet song, but now we need one. And it needs to come from you. It's possible, I know, right? It's possible now. <laughs> and Prophet to be was hilarious. She said, yeah, you said that. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. And the Lord was like, no, really. <laughs> no, really. You need to do that. And so she said, oh, let me, mm-hmm. let me get on it now. So there will be a problem. Coming back all the way online, we used to write songs about everything in this ministry. It didn't matter. We could come up with a song on a dime about whatever Dr. Price just said. There we go. It's a song. And so who knows what, who knows how this thing is going to play out. But we're in that such a time as this place. A lot of people in the body of Christ are at that, uh, the crossroads of being told by God, but I have I've raised you up. I have chosen you for such a time as this. And when you study that with Esther, it was a precarious situation. It was life or death, and, and for her to go in there and do that, and then for Mordecai, what, right, Mordecai to say, don't think that because you're all up in this palace that you're going to be safe when the edict goes out to be off with your head like everybody else who's a Jew. And see, this is where we are right now, even in our own nation. People feel that if they take the safe road, if I don't say anything, if I don't do whatever, then I'm just going to ride it. Don't think that if God has tapped you to take a stand and you're like, hey, I don't want to pay the cost, that if the cost of not doing it will not pass you by. It won't pass you by. Those of us who have been tapped, chosen, pushed, kicked by God, <laughs> given no other choice, back against the wall, all the songs that we don't want to write about, serving God, those ones, Mm-hmm. Yeah, those, those are the people who are out here, if we don't do our job, we cannot walk around thinking that the alternative, the punishment of the alternative is just going to pass over us because we're Christians. We're elect. Some of us are the elect. We go to church. This, that old move is over. That old paradigm is over. And we are here right now because in the previous dispensations, uh, a large majority, I'm not going to say nobody, because God always has somebody who's going to obey him. He always has the 7,000 who have bowed, you know, bowed the knee, we're not kissing this idol, we're not doing any of those kind of things. But people who before maybe were pushed into a case, now we have opportunities to be out front. 
or you don't have to know somebody who owns a network in order for your face to be on a camera for somebody to see you. There are so many ways around it now that this did not exist. The technology didn't exist. The platforms didn't exist for us to get around the giants in the land, to get around the system, to get around the opposition. And we got word years ago, Dr. Price, no, I think it was she she said that, no, you're going to go around. God's going to find a way to get you around the blockade, around the old gatekeepers, around it. So now, praise be and thanks be to God, we have those means. But will you use them for what God needs you to do, or will you use it just for what you want to do? The play is safe, time is over. Hiding out, just sharing other people's posts and not really saying something yourself taking the, well, I don't want to rock the boat. Let me tell you something. If you're called to the office of apostles, if you're an apostolic, apocalyptic, elect, we don't even know. Look, we don't have so many things rolling down who we are. Prophetic, if you are bold evangelist, if you're that pastor who knows why you're in the pulpit, if you're that teacher who knows why, then you know you have got to say something and take a stand as a matter of record. Some things just have to be a matter of record. And a lot of people don't want that pushback. You do it, Dr. Price, and I'll just like your post and show my support passively. Because your like doesn't mean much on your page or on your feed or with your family or your friends or your whatever. You know, I post things, and then it's like people come out of the walls who never say anything ever in your life about anything you do ministerially. You post about abortion, whoa! Okay, you post about this election, hold on, put on your hard hat, your social media hard hat. It's about to go down. But you know what? This is who we are. This is why God has raised us up. We are here now because in the previous moves, what, what, what did we do? How come nobody said anything? How come? I mean, Dr. Price got it, boy.
No one knows more about such struggles than addicted people. Now, when we talk about addicted, we just think drugs. But, you know, people can be addicted to a lot of things. They can be addicted to anger. They can be addicted to rage, crime, serial killers, addicted to what? Killing people. Not, and it's not even the killing that gets them. It's the pleasure or the relief that they get for taking a life because they can't take their own. People can be addicted to joy and happiness. They can be addicted to fantasy. Right now, the church is rolling in fantasy addiction, the perfect this and the perfect that, and on and on and on. So let's go on. Daily, they live with broken vows, broken promises, breaking hearts, which is where the 3D, distress to success, soul restoration plan, begins. It starts with two things, the secret you and the secret locked away that legitimize your addiction. When you understand the soul as God made it and then God empowers it, you understand that there is no such thing as, I'm sorry, it's not me. It's you, but between you and what you want to do, there's this layer of authority and legitimacy that we must address. Otherwise, why have a human will? soul to uncover the guardian force that keeps you bound. It is also the reason for your captivity to stop your agonizing cycle of addiction and liberty. Having been delivered from drugs myself, and I was what you would call the functioning addict. I was the one that functioned really well, and I like about being who I am is God made me taste a whole bunch of life. I had to taste it, feast on it, eat some, have some second, third, fourth helping. Okay. Lastly, the 3D soul dis- uh, restoration plan dismantles your greatest stronghold to liberate you to become and remain free indeed. If you could carry out a plan like this yourself to take charge of your soul's healing and deliverance, would you? Could you see yourself diving into a process that roots out your soul bondages to live life addiction free? Of course you could, and the 3D, the Stress to Success Plan, helps you do it. It allows you to lay the axe to the root of your soul's captivity. I want you to hear this, and it does. What we have today that has developed not in my era. In my era, it was not okay for you to be weak, And, dis- and self-deceiving. It wasn't allowed. You were encouraged to find the greater you. You were encouraged to find the stronger you. You were encouraged to move your, uh, your, the obstacles out of your way. You were encouraged. You know, and back then, doctors didn't just give you medicine at will. You know, you had to let them know that you were about to never get up again. They gave you medicine and then a little bit of therapy, like how to handle or whatever to do this. So I, I, I let me turn this off. I'm so, and so I want to read to you the first page. How do you get there? What is the three things? Decision, discovery, deliverance. That's the three things. Decision, discovery, deliverance. 
Some of you all have this book. Don't you all have this book? Twenty fourteen. Yeah. When I started this, when I wrote this book, I was developing a program for a woman who had been addicted to oxycodone for over a decade. She'd been to, we don't know how many. As Christian woman, love the Lord, trying to stay free. And so she had been through all of these uh, treatment um, facilities. As a matter of fact, I got her when she had just come out, because she went through the treatment facility. And then she came and spent two weeks with me. And for two weeks, we worked on it. And I'll tell you something. You know, when it says that he whom the Son is set free is free indeed, as of when I saw her, what, last year, she's still free. Still free. Why? Because we, the reason I'm a soulologist and I'm a psychologist, I'm not dealing with the soul as, as Satan destroyed it and Adam sold it. I'm dealing with the soul that the Creator made and that the Creator sent to the planet in Jesus Christ and then rose from the dead, the new birth soul. There's a new birth soul and there's an Adamic soul. And so we have to deal with the soul that God created. He said the soul that sent a bitch on God. We think that when he said that, he means I'm killing it. No, no. He's saying the soul that breaches. The soul that violates created design. We look at the Bible and we get all upset because we're like, that's religious. That's no, no. A synonym for law is code. What do we call the DNA? Code. So God, the Bible is the codex of the creator's code. So we have to know how he did it. So anyway, we, we, I sat with her. We walked through some things. And that's how I ended up with that this woman had already laid the, the tracks for the addiction at eight, age eight years old. But the reason we thought it didn't happen is not what we thought, because we thought it had to do with, you know, medication for pain, discomfort in the recent. But when we went back in this wonderful lady's life, we found out that she had a that she adored, and the auntie took her to all of the places we could do this. And everybody was happy. So what is it about? What's the decision? When I get old, I'm going to be like, I do. And so we, now it took two weeks, you know, and I worked with her for two weeks, and we studied it. But I realized, I said, so you realize that at eight years old, you don't How you want to manifest, partake of, and enjoy the world. You made that decision as an eight-year-old. You fantasized it. When you came back up in the clothes, you did all of those things. So what we do, what God said, you literally form your, your adult self when you are off imagining what you're going to be as an adult. So we have some people who were raised to be nothing but cussers. Your whole family just cuss. They just can't, you know, whatever. So as a little kid, that little imp that came in as a seed becomes the prince that rules your existence. That's the legitimacy. 
So there's a whole lot of revelation you can't get when you read these modern translations. That's why I write about. So anyway, that is a decision. Excuse me. Your being here covers the first G of the three Ds. That is decision. You made a decision to stop committing slow suicide and restore your life and world to wholeness. The second D is discovery, the next stage. That is where you shift your soul and your actions to discover how you got to this place in your life. It will be the hardest part because it forces you to face some very unpleasant things about how you think, feel, believe, and behave. These are all the strongholds that reinforce your addiction. Discovery, by the way, is the longest phase of the process. How you respond to the discovery phase of your process determines when real healing ultimately begins. This process involves mining your soul for insights that present you with the keys to living free. And healthy, diligent soul mining is the only way to obtain the answers that repossess your free will. The last D is the reward, deliverance. Should you tackle and conquer the delivery phase of the, phase of the process, you will be rewarded with deliverance, explained at length in this book. So I wanted you to, uh, I wanted to tell you how we have been working this, and most of our, um, most of our, most of our advisors, we start with this. So we have, I have every idea and hope of merging the two worlds because you need both. But you need alpha to get to omega. So it's beta, gamma, delta, all the that down there. But that is what we have to work with. We've got to do that. You've got to go with how the soul is made. And and so it's important for us to recognize this. I was wanting to get to this. Um I want to get to this part where it talks about, oh, personal truth is your soul's rationale for your captivity. You have got to logicalize why you want to destroy yourself or why you're escaping something with something that's enslaving. Because, you know, people, you know, kind of like, and it's really funny because God thinks like that. Because when God's hot, he says, listen, if you, if you stay in the city, they're going to get you this way. You leave the city, they're going to get you that way. You go to the other side, they're going to get you that way. Because you have got to understand why God's not intervening. Why? Because there's a legal reason why he won't intervene. Legal meaning godly, meaning sovereign. Let's say sovereign. God has a sovereign reason for not intervening. For example, when you see people marry the wrong person, and they have been warned and told, and so they don't listen. Well, God, we think that life is, is an incident. Life is not an incident. Life is a sequence. It's a chain of events. So God is saying, if you don't get on the first link in this chain, then I don't have to worry about all of the other legitimate links that it's attached to. Is this all right to tell you, God? Hey, tell your friends that the price is dealing, digging in our souls today. Because you have got to understand how you got this. Because God told you not to marry so-and-so. Because God knew some important things. For example, he might have known that alcoholism was in that family tree. See, we have to get to, get, we have to literally dive into the alpha to understand the omega and the requirements between the two. So that it could be that. 
He might know that there's a certain disease. Or what we've seen over and over again is fertility in trees, in family trees. And so he didn't say go marry because you all were romantic in Your gene pool and this gene pool are incompatible. Mm. Now that that has nothing to do with him being a sinner, you being righteous, a white person. It has everything to do with God saying, "I put you together for a godly seed." that everything about Christianity is according to our desires and our delights. But we, you know, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of the, the, the So here's where we are. So we decide what delights God. We decide what delights God. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 What you mean you're not delighted? You better, you Jesus, you got to be delighted in what I want. Okay, then we came behind that with the authority of the believer, and we, we translated the word authority to sovereignty. So we decided, God's like, hey, this, this is what sovereigns do. They live with their mistakes. They live with their effects. Sovereigns have to take responsibility for what they bring into existence. They have to manage their consequences. See, that's sovereign. So authority may, may uh, permit you. Give allowance, but sovereignty is something entirely different. So many people don't realize that they gave sovereignty to that prince. And so until you, that's why I'm pushing the, the apocalyptic elect, until you establish who you are as God's offspring, as his seed, you are subject to instead of... Friend, it's going to be substantial. 
Not inherit the kingdom of God. You notice mental illness is not there. 
him up. The whole head is sick. From head to bottom. Why? Because the soul is broken. Because of choices. Like we we love that passage in Hosea 4, 6, God. People are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. We don't read the rest of that. There's a comma, semicolon, something in there that's a wreck. I know that it's a wreck. Whatever that wreck mark was. Because the rest said, because you have rejected knowledge. Again, the human will. I'm doing a major uh, deep dive study of the human will as God talked about it in Scripture. Because you need to understand that Jesus came and said, Who? Let it be unto you according to your will. Whosoever will, if you will, hear my voice. So we've been working on the works, not the will. And between the two is the wisdom that determines which one we choose. We, and then people get in stuff, and all of a sudden, when, once they're in it, then they turn around and say, well, it's so-and-so's fault because they can't get out of it because you lack the wisdom. And wisdom is the principal thing. Proverbs chapter 8, 22 talk about wisdom being the first thing God took. So what is he saying to us? Before you go tackling life, you need to take on my wisdom. Because wisdom is a guardian, preventative, and instructor, and counseling. We can go on. To free a soul from bondage, they must have a more intelligent reason to talk themselves out of it. Now, we would think that that reason would be family, that it would be self-destruction, that it would be money or job. Nope, that is not it. What talked them into it is what must talk them out of it because all of the things that it's affecting were not around when the decision was made. Let's was made. Let's around, 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 around. This is this, it's this little being. And it may be three years old. Years old. It doesn't matter. It's when the person decided to release or command the will to execute the decision for the refuge, for the rec- rescue, for the release or release. Whatever that is, that's what we are dealing with right now. And so we've got to go back to that. See, we keep trying to set people free on their present existence. But the present existence is the reward for the decision. This is see, we treat it as if it's some sort of inane, irrational, emotional thing. And it's not. It is a collaboration. A multi party collaboration in God's world. I don't know about the psychological I don't I don't know about that. I do have books. I've read it. You know, I got one book that kind of scares me. But but the bottom line, if you don't go to the root, the root is not is not humanity. The root is deity. That's why it's very difficult to keep religion out of any civilization because God divided the earth according to the sons of God, according to the and then when those angels took over, they divided earthly territory according to their dominion. The toughest one beat out the weakest one. And we can go on. But, but we, if you're talking about getting a soul free,
free, you need to understand the decision was not made by a mortal. It was made by an immortal. And then it was sold to the mortal. So we have to find out the authority of the immortal. That is what happened way back in the because the church was very narrow, very myopic. It was all deities. It was all gods. It was all religion. So then we have the Renaissance era, and they said it has nothing to do with religion. It's all human. It's all earth. It's all mind. It's all brain. So we've got these two solutions rivaling each other instead of finding out how to collaborate. Does that make sense to you all? So you have, now we have everything is the, the age of enlightenment, all intellect. Because, well, frankly, the church didn't kind of deal with brain. They dealt with hearts. They dealt with the major organs. Everything they understood had was, was somehow or another shaped, formed by the major organs. They didn't deal with that, but they got that from the primitive society. So when you think about how far back this goes, it goes all the way back to Cain. So we think it starts in our generation. No. Satan was very cool. What made the Garden of Eden important was that it gave him him the power of reproduction. Uh, See, we think it's just just so he can rule the world. No, no. Everybody knows creation. In fact, then everybody knew creation was there and everything was in God. So he thought if I could take my mortal seed, my dead doomed sperm or seed, spiritual life, right? That's a better way of putting it. If I could take that and infuse it into human sperm, I could reproduce myself and thereby control the world. So we want to look at that for now. If this was one of our weekend things, we would sit down and we would really kind of probe that a little bit for the wisdom and the logic. Because it was the logic. It was not just what we think. We, it, this wasn't just for church. At that time, there was no church. There was no, no Israel. There was no anything but a wayward, a runaway society where devils literally used their muscle, their superior spirituality to muscle in on creation and on humanity's civilization. So they pick the lines they want and whatever, because remember, we got this spirit of angels that have fallen from the heavens. So they picked the ones they wanted. And, you know, the, the, obviously they came up with the survival of the fittest, the strong survived. He who holds the gold, you know, controls. All. They came up with all of that stuff that we kind of say now, kind of, you know, lightly cited what family tree did what happened. And that decision was the same way God brought you. The women they chose to reproduce. Which is why it's very difficult for people to understand for a concrete answer the salvation story. The women determined it. What determined Jesus' soul? Mary. So they would steal all the women. And those women were how they reproduced themselves once 
we got past Cain. Cain is the beginning of that line. All of these, these godless nations became a king. And God, so from Cain to Seth, we've got nothing but demonic reproduction. Not to Seth, there's more. We have. So when you start, you know, we went through an era in the, I want to say the 80s or 90s, when we understood this and we were teaching it, and then we were like, hold on. Uh-huh. Y'all not gonna push back on us. And they began to mock us for having this knowledge. They began to mock us for breaking the seal on their intelligence and on their uh, strategy. We were not supposed to know that Satan DNA'd himself. We weren't supposed to know that. Because remember, God destroyed all of that in the flood. So now it doesn't seem like it comes up. It's throughout Scripture, but God is very smart about Scripture. He scatters it and allows the Holy Ghost to assemble it all, like we do with Word software. You know, we take a seed from here and a picture from there and that, and and we put it all together for a statement or for the content and whatever reason we're gathering it. So the Bible is full of all of this information that you want to be seen in the, in the, before the garden. Pulled it together. So we weren't supposed to know that he's DNA himself. And if we don't take, understand the DNA in himself, and, and, and go back, I don't remember what that was. Maybe you can find the one where I talk about how God created Adam and breathed into man and man became the... If you need to get listen to that, living soul. He said living soul. Now, we have modern translations that say living spirit because now that the Holy Ghost is in the planet, everything is spirit. But see, the Holy Ghost wasn't in the planet. He was not in the planet back then. Okay? We had man. Now, what many people don't realize is the Old Testament is about the soul. Over 400 times the word soul is mentioned, as opposed to something like 39 times in the New Testament. Spirit is mentioned very rarely in the Old Testament. That is why the enemy doesn't want you to read the Old Testament. Because you're going to know about the thing that God said is the issue, is the problem. We go to church all the time. Ask how many times you heard a soul message. Gift of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit, wisdom of the Spirit, life of the Spirit. But it's the Spirit that gives life. Yeah, but you know what? The Spirit does not do your soul. So I'm going to go on. I'm going to finish this, and then I'm going to go to the next graphic. I got three, four. You, are you, you good? Okay, one, two, one. I have a moment. Oh, oh. But you know, y'all, y'all, you guys spoiled me. At my. I'm surprised you see the audience better than those of y'all. After by now, they would have been suffering. They're like, we can't see any of them. I want to talk to you about, I'm going to start with getting to know God. And this is all, soon as she gets ready, because I'll. Okay, because I need you to recognize that, I, you know, I've been asked to write articles and comment on, on uh, national events with our company. 
So you need to recognize all of these spirits have defined the, the, the genetic tree, the genetic markers that speak to behavior, that speak to desire. And they are not, some of them, God blesses, you know, God said a good man out of the treasure of his heart brings good things, but an evil man out of the treasure of his heart brings wicked things. He said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks, because in the heart are all of the things that we know destroy society. Is this helpful to you guys? Because, see, we don't, the reason a lot of these laws pass is because we did not have the antiquity truth. We were operating on the church, the Reformation, and Protestantism. But none of that existed when God got on that cross. He put his son on that cross. None of that existed. There was no church. Jesus had to go to hell to get the church. So we are using his successes as criteria and as counsel for our judgment, our permission. So we, you know, like now, you got all of these churches on the we need to love and affirm. How do you love and affirm somebody who takes another kid's life? How do you do that? How do you love somebody who is operating on something known to destroy society? You think about all of these women who are in these other parts of the country with these, these, these people, and you think about, number one, that, you know, lesbianism being a, a default. Consolation for sexual deprivation. It's a default. My husband is gone. He only coming home twice a year. Oh, I'm in a harem, and i got to wait 60 days for my term. What do I do with that? So that's a default in God's mind. If you notice, he talks about the, the sodomy more than anything else. But that's not a modern thing. That's not a freedom. That's a re- revived captivity. It's in the tree. It's in that fusion. That, that satanic DNA is in that fusion because the angels could not show up any other way. Of the devil, and and you got the prince that fostered that or that put that in your genetic arm. So you twofold. And that is the legitimacy, the legitimacy of civilization, law, and institutions, the legitimacy of government. That is what we're facing. That is how we got here. This, that particular myth is not what got us here, but it's also what has taught people into not wanting to be theologically healthy. They just want to be philologically accepted. That was the BC world. Now, I don't know how I many some of you all took these courses, so you know what I'm talking about, but they, did, they didn't really explain to you how it was an affront to the Almighty. And it wasn't that God's feelings are hurt. Granted, we do things to hurt his feelings, but that wasn't his issue. His issue was, I can't bring you in my work. I can't bring you home to me. I don't care how much you say. I don't care how many showers you take. I don't care how many songs. It's a biological 
anatomical, neurological issue because of the because of the the the, um, the, the way you're built, the genealogical makeup. It's biological. People are not going to hell because of what they do. They're going to hell because of what they are. Because everybody was born. He shut it all up under sin. There's none righteous, no, not one. So it's not about who you, what you are. You can do the most. I know some wonderful people who refuse Jesus Christ. And you know what? That does not stop me at all. I'm going to we're going to talk, have a little dinner. Except you cuss too much, we're going to have a problem because you're going to cuss, I'm going to talk in tongues, and we're going to have a peace. We have a truth. But understand, when it's said and done, the angel of your genetic tree gets you a gift. Because it's a beautiful. Do you understand? So that same angel has been running your family line and infusing your soul with its will, with its character, with its makeup, with its desires. That same angel gets you a gift. Which is the big story behind Moses and Michael. Because that angel was coming for Moses because God had already allowed Moses to see that. What the angel wasn't prepared for, what Satan wasn't prepared for, was that God just wanted Moses to see death to pay off Satan. But Moses was still marked for eternal life. We don't keep the gospel. That's why people don't want to get saved. I don't want to get saved just because I, I mean, y'all just want me to come to church and whatever. Baby, I don't care if you come to church or not. I'm, I'm going to tell them that if you come tomorrow, God can't take you. It's not a matter of what you do. It's a matter of that you don't fit the biological physiological composition of the citizens of God's world. You don't fit. It's not a matter of God hating you. It's not a love thing or not. Most of, a lot of people throw away their beloved cards. We got people who, who started a business, you know, farm who bought, started some farm equipment things, 40 years old. Some patchworked it, oiled it, tweaked it, replaced parts. But in the end, it just could not deliver the expectations of excellence. Bad confessions would not get people into God's world. No, it's about the physiological, biological. Not even physiological. It's really the biological, pneumatological composition of the beings in God's world. That's why in the end, the mass thing is we're all going to get a new body. Is this all right? So let me get a grip on God. Number one, God's about truth, holiness, righteousness. He's undergirding God These define the Almighty, but they also should define His offspring. If you look at it, it is the acronym what? Of the same as Jesus. 
because we're his seed. Let's go on. So, let me get you right up right now. Uh-oh. Okay, so let's go here. I'm going to the 100 and then the one above it. So let's go here. I'm going to soul salvation, Rachel. All right. So let's look at soul salvation. We have made the cross the redeemer of the soul. And I'm going to show you the cross is the qualifier of the soul. The cross makes the soul eligible to be saved. Are they following me on Facebook? Y'all rolling with me? Because I need them to roll with me. But we, we went back, I mentioned to you, we must believe to the saving of the soul. Remember, it's about the soul because what was lost in the garden was not Adam's spirit because Adam's spirit and God's spirit were one and the same. Just like your spirit and the Holy Spirit are one and the same. Breathed into Adam, Adam became a living soul because the spirit of Adam and, and Eve were already established on day six. The soul was literally embodied on earth while the spirit was created in God's realm, in God. And God's not going to throw his spirit away. So y'all should understand that. So I need you to hear me. Listen to me. Those of you who are listening to me on social media, I need you to get this because these are why we're having warfare about what's God and what isn't, what's right and what isn't, because we may all have received the Holy Spirit as a contingency for the conversion of our souls, but if our souls are not converted, we are not going to God's world because we are incompatible. Constructurally, infrastructurally, architecturally, incompatible. We can't even survive in God's world. Isaiah, woe is me. I'm undone. I'm, I'm out. I, I don't know. I, I don't even belong here. It took Paul being born again to be able go to God's world and not want to literally die. Angels come stand in front of humans, not say, pass out, gone. So let's look at this. Let's look at the passages. The first one, can you all see? Because I can make it larger. Why don't I make it larger for you? I, I could do that for you. First of all, do you see? You see, if that's the beginning of the and that's just to give us a sample of the DNA. God has DNA. So let's go over. The first thing we get in the Old Testament about God and the soul's duty to God is Psalm 19.7. That's one of the passages that make the point, but there are tons of it. For example, Ezekiel says in three passages, the souls are mine. All souls are mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. It did not say, I will kill it. It says there's legislation already on the book to take its life. To weaken its life. To jeopardize its life. So 
19.7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. So he's saying, you know, we like this simple religion, but he said simplicity. Outside of God's own redemption is what will cause you to jeopardize your soul. You don't think, you don't feel, you don't understand, you don't know what's wrong. He said he who, 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 who has wisdom, listen, make sure you know me. And knowing me is knowing that I'm working righteousness in the earth because the whole earth went under wrongfulness. Now, Hebrews 10, but we are not of them who draw back to perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. So we've got the converting of the soul and the saving of the soul. And then we have 1 Corinthians 5, 5, to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is, if you go to uh, 2 uh, Corinthians 7, there is a, literally, there is a deterioration of your spirit. If you don't allow that soul to be yielded to the spirit, then that spirit can be strongly contaminated by the soul to the point that it renders your new creation spirit useless. First <clears throat> Peter 1.9, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul, you will not want to submit to God beyond the faith you have in him and the hope of Jesus Christ. Faith is the substance of things. Oh, the what? The evidence of things what? So faith is the substance. That means that if you're going to make a dress, the material is the dress. Or, or excuse me, the faith. The dress is the hope. You're going to build a, 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 a car or a piece of machinery, the materials are the faith. Because if you didn't believe in it, you wouldn't go and have these materials. But the machine functioning and serving is the hope. So when you kill material, you kill faith. Don't think about somebody whose warehouse is full of all of these materials and it catches on fire. What does it do? It devastates the hope. Because the Receiving the end of your faith. Well, what does that mean? Receiving the end of your faith means that you must endure to the end, but your faith is not just for your experience. It's not even just an experiment. Your faith is not just for expression. Your faith is for 100% transformation. Your Because I have the same faith you have. No, you don't. Not only do you show you lack faith, you lack knowledge. Because you only know how Satan lives. You don't know how God lives. You don't don't know how Satan chooses, how he designs. You don't know how he designs civilization. You only know his civilization. You don't care about God, which is why God cannot do the salvation of the soul with you because you don't want to bring Satan back in God's world and God doesn't want to do it. 
want you out drinking, partying, stretching. In other words, they want you in a crazy mind. Then others want you out doing some sort of ridiculous uh, fantasy so that you will not realize that you have control over that situation. When, when, when we bring you through 3D, we want to rewrite your logic, your suffering logic. 
Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Because until we do that, I can have the baddest sermons going, and I do. And y'all go home to pity. Because pity is always going to feed you something that's going to help you kill you. And it's not simple you. So pity is going to feed you. Hallelujah. Pity is going to take you home, find your favorite television show so you can sit there until bedtime. Okay? Because everything is about a binge. A binge on the destruction and sorrow that it caused or it literally provides in you. You understand that to be a Christian, to be God's offspring, you've got to be mightier than you imagine. No, we don't start out that way. It took me 35 years. And I'm going to tell you something. I was all of this. All of this. And I want to tell you, I came home and found a family member's head in the oven. So I'm not talking what I don't know. But I did put logic to it and understanding to it. So you have to recognize that destruction is what is the inheritance of the human until Jesus. Self-destruction, social destruction, I don't need to hear that again. Five years later, 
They're talking like a whole other being. Why? God
because in God's world, it's about your will to be there and your will to be like him. Because God does not rule his creation upon us. So if you can't override your own bondage today with his righteousness, he knows that you're going to bring that very bondage and the source of that bondage back into his world. And they don't want a second born heaven. So in God's mind, it's not about, you know, if I'm going to say this and I'll show you this graph, but in God's mind, it is not what we think. Like I've watched all of these, so many, I won't say all, so many Christian movies, you know, I'm trying to figure out what this thing is, how we got here, you know? So I'm watching so many Christian movies, and it's always blaming God. Garden. Always blaming God. Garden. That's I messed up, I failed, but it's not my fault. I'm watching the, so many of these things, and it's all about God not letting you have fun and God making you feel bad and just tired of feeling like a sin. You know like a sinner because you choose sin as a cloak for your sin. Because I'm going to tell you something. I am not a saint. I didn't get saved to be a saint. I got saved to be a saint. Call me a saint all day long. Don't call me a saint. Now, that means you're perfect? No. But it means that I have every potential, every resource. I have every material to be perfect and that I am a perfection at work. Nobody says the blueprints on the architect, the architectural blueprints to the construction process, nobody says that's wrong. Everybody looks at this blueprint and says, this is going to produce this building. So, I'm a work in progress. I'm building in progress. I'm conversion in progress. Because, you know, converting thoughts is, is a long process. Because we have a lot of thoughts. You realize how many thoughts we go through in a day? In a minute, second. You're trying to figure out dinner, and in the middle of trying to figure out dinner, to figure out what you can't eat. Okay, in the middle of figuring out what you can't eat, you got to think about your allergies. Okay, in the middle of thinking about your allergies, you got to figure out the place that you can't stand. Who gave you the right food? Okay, then you got to figure out can I afford the place I want or do I have to splurge? And if I splurge, you got to figure out am I, who am I going to rob? What Peter am I going to rob to pay Paul? That's a lot of thoughts over dinner. And that's one subject. Because you don't know and you do it all like that. So you didn't realize that you decided when you were back Sunday at the church, you decided to spend the money for your credit card. But that's not what you really said. But we looked at the superficial and the, and the spirit that was literally uh, tempting you and the God that was trying to lead you. This is you. This is not a lot of people want to get this high in God. That's okay. But I'm called to the high power of God. I'm going to be in the high seat because that's what I am. And I am that way because I've chosen it, and I'm, I'm living with my vow to the Holy Ghost. So I'm, you said, but that's Christ, you don't mess up, yes, I do. Not often. I used to mess up so much that I couldn't come out of the word repentance. I figured that was the only word anybody had all day long, repent, 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 repent. Oh, and repent. Went to bed, repent. There was a time God and I fought so much he used to drop me. I was like, I'm tired of you. 
I'm God. Oh, okay. And he knew I did it because I didn't believe him. He knew I didn't believe he was real. So he did a whole lot of things for me to know that he's real. All right? And then, so what I'm saying is that I'm still, I got a blueprint. And one thing a builder will tell you is a blueprint is that when something is off, they adjust it immediately, and they don't go with, they don't scrap the whole thing once they approve it. So I'm not scrap metal. Success Center, Soul Technology, Design Components. Remember, I said all my components are good. I've got the best. I have no Adamic components to turn me into a God product. You say you have to think differently? See, none of my components are Adamic. My body, yes. My soul that's being changed, yes. But that which is doing the work, that which is making it happen, all pure Jesus. So here we go, taking your soul from distress to success, letting Jesus restore your soul. What did Paul say? But he restores my soul. And not Paul, forgive me, David. And you know David messed up with God. David and God, I'm telling you, they had some moments. You know, you're not with God if you don't have moments. The problem is that you don't need to make those moments your rejection. I have learned when God and I have moments, I do not talk to him the way I did when I first got saved. I say, God, thank you for bringing that to my attention. Lord, you know, I didn't even realize that. Hey, Jesus, I can't see that. Help me see it. Why? Because we're collaborating on my eternal life. Well, so this is your soul's constitutional construct. This architect, this blueprint. The first thing you need to know is that your soul is not altered by the new birth. It's by the new creature in Christ Jesus. Your soul must be converted. Do not think that because you said that sinner's prayer, your soul immediately got converted to your spirit. It did not. The soul is what fell in the garden. The soul is what desired the, the, the tree. The soul is what desired what Satan offered. Your soul made that decision. So it's your soul who has to take the hit for it and your soul that has to be changed. Next. Your soul is treated by the new creation spirit, what I just told you. Next, your soul is deformed and weakened by sin. Why is that? Three things. Number one, guilt. Whether you say I don't feel guilty or not doesn't mean anything to your psychological construct. Even the world scientists and researchers have found out that lies have an effect. They produce a chemistry. Do they not? that produce a chemistry that, that, that literally destabilizes. People who live lives over and over again end up there with their life being a mess. And so unless God get in, so that's number one. Number two, so we got guilt, and then we got error. Error, even if it doesn't produce guilt, it produces uncertainty. It affects your faith. So, you know, it's... It, here we are today talking about we don't think anything is wrong, truth is absolute, or truth, no business of thing is absolute, truth is all relative, and yet we got a computer system, you hit one thing, and you're going nowhere. You hit one, one false digit, and you're not talking to your mama. So you see how reality and social conversation don't always jive with each other. 
So that's the second thing. And then the last thing is that for, for every human being, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Sin begins, it, 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 let's go back, it exacerbates the death cycle. So if you should never notice that when people party and whatever, they start aging right away, and then when God comes in, all of a sudden everybody looks youthful. You understand that? Have anybody paid attention to the medieval um, pictures of the people from the, the medieval centuries and before how old they looked at 20 and 30 and how we look today? See, that's Bible. That's the life of the Holy Ghost. That's important. I pay attention to those things. Because, you know, we can't say we represent God and we don't know God. We keep trying to tell God, God, we will get you up later on at the end of our life. God is like, are you kidding? I'm Alpha and Omega. I've already told, talked, worked out the end of your life. You can join it or you can just flop into it. But there is an end that I've ordained. All right? So then um, the soul, here's something about the soul you might like. The scripture rarely distinguishes the soul from the body. Rarely. You rarely have the scripture that says, as a matter of fact, it's a handful of times that the scripture talks about the body as we would think the anatomic. Okay, versus the suke or nephish or pick one, okay? The, barely. Why is that? Why is that? Because when God blew into Adam the breath of life, the soul came into a body. It was a course, but it was a body. Because Adam's spirit was already, already in God's world. because there's nothing the body can do without the soul. We already know that. How do we know that? Because God made a corpse. It did nothing. Did you all catch that? God made a corpse, and it did nothing. It just laid there. Pretty. Not anything was working. Not a brain wave, not a heart. Nothing. No water. And it couldn't rot because it was made before the fall. So if God never breathed in Adam, we would just have a wonderful, and we wouldn't even be here. Nothing could happen. I need you all to hear me. So we're going to the end. We're getting to the end. But you are, are you all all right? Okay. Because, you see, we have to sit down and talk to a world that's been programmed by something else. People ask me, why do you do this? I watch some of those shows, and I said, what kind of thing? Right. I don't feel. He said, you do what I did. So until God breathed his breath, the breath of the maker into Adam, we had a corpse. The minute he breathed the breath into Adam, every fluid, every chemistry, all electricity, all energy, even the sperm, even the, 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 the woman, all of that blood, the blood came in, which is why blood is tied to the soul. I won't even touch that. All right. I hope you can see this because, you know, I had fun watching this on my thing, but I'm going to give you a picture. How's that? So we're going to 
But you have to decide that. But isn't it wonderful that God gives us a whole lifetime to work it out? Thank God, Jesus. Otherwise, we'd all say the sinner's prayer and go to, go to the grave. That he doesn't make us all die right after we pray means he wants us to do what it takes to become him in his world. As he is, so are we in this world. Out of records. Because the angels that stay also need to see the principalities and powers in heavenly places. The angels that stayed and the angels that strayed need to see that the new creation works. Mm. Wow. And this is our last one. So we have desires, emotions, and will. Now all of that has gone from this thing called the soul into the heart. Because the spirit flows into the soul, the heart, spiritual heart, sits in there, in the soul realm. Because remember, the, the front side of the soul is the back side of the body or the body plug. So that's that interface. So they literally, because remember, the body goes back to the dust. So God is like, you know, your body, you, what did Paul say? Body exercise profits a little bit. But righteousness, exercise yourself rather than righteousness. Why? Because the part of you that lives forever, that came from the forever realm. Remember, the body came from the earth. Yeah. But everything else of yours came from the forever realm. It gets to the point that you have to realize that so thoughts travel to and configure your brain. Your brain must now know what your heart already told it to do. It's just been waiting for the process. And, and that process doesn't even just uh, uh, rely on your physiological self. It also relies on situations. It relies on other players and other characters. It relies on dates and times and seasons. It relies on opportunities. All of that happens like this. And how often have you heard yourself say, as soon as I get the opportunity, I am. I will. If I ever have so-and-so, I will. If, so, if I ever need a dozen one, if God ever gives me a chance, if, if, if I, as soon as I get out of this, as soon as. Why? Because all of that converges into a mindset that constructs or motivates a conduct, a behavior that becomes a conduct. So there's a, that, that out there could be conduct because the conduct is the sense, you know, travel. That which travels, that which courses. So, and so to configure the brain, your mind programs your brain. We are all in agreement that the brain and the mind are not the same thing, are we not? Okay, you have a brain which is an organ, but you have a mind which is what? Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Your mind is your, your intelligence, the software of your brain, which is the firmware. I went over a little bit, guys, but I want to read this last thing. Biotic, pertaining to life, from the Greek biotikos, uh, pertaining to life, and from bios, life or live. Biotic, science of vital functions and manifestations, powers and qualities peculiar to living organisms. comes from a group of, that says alive living, bios or bios, one's life course or way of living in a lifetime. Organic life, vital life with respect to eternal life, also pertaining to this age of the world and its inhabitants. So vital life is earth life. Eternal life, you understand. Your body has vital life. That's why your body needs vitality 
and vitamins and all that things that help it move and carry out what the soul likes, what the soul is telling us, or what its heart wants. You know, we have a whole bunch of uh, television shows that talk about the heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah, it does, but it doesn't have to give it to us. And they make it sound like you have to yield to it. So I don't know how much this helps you, but we're going to do a little bit of a Q&A today because I think it's worth it. What's my timeline? My next thing. Okay. We're going to do a little bit of a Q&A because I think this is a lot. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, we're going to close this out. Thank you so much for joining us. Hang tight because we might just have an after show that you'll like to watch. In the meantime, share, share, and share. Share this with everyone you know, but sit down and go through it again and again and again. And if you are a parent or a developer, go through it with those people that you're working with. Why? Parents, the last thing parents ever think about doing is training or educating your children's soul, which is why we have this behavior and this conduct. Under the Christian era, we did that. We taught our children various things because we knew the, the soul was a wild root. It's, it, admittedly, it's a wilderness. And it's a wilderness that we must tame by the new birth. We must tame according to the Holy Spirit. We must tame with the Word of God. Thank you so much for joining me. We're going to see you Sunday at the Congregation of the Mighty. Again, share this with everyone you know. And then on the screen, you can see how to sow into it. If you really want to do a, a, a deliverance, you're going to have to feast on this. And the harvest is worth seeding for in advance. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Yay. All right. Who has the first?